Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hey there, and welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. This is a very special recording taking place at live on on the HIMSS floor (laughs) at the GE Healthcare booth. So I'm very excited to share what we're doing today. Essentially, the Hit Like a Girl podcast is one that amplifies the contributions of women in the healthcare and health IT space. And so we talk about how complicated the healthcare system is, that I call it the 30,000 piece puzzle. And most of our guests who come on are essentially a holder of the piece of that puzzle. And so they come on to explain, okay, what is your area of expertise? How can it fit into the big picture? And hopefully educate our audience and listeners and help us kind of do better with that information, right? So I'm very excited today to speak with both Carly Yoder and Vaishali Kamat. And I would like to take, a, like you both to take a moment to actually sure. introduce yourselves. And let's start with you, Carly. Sure, Joy. So thanks for having both of us. and. Thank you guys all for showing up. This is an important conversation. So my name is Carly Yoder. I'm the GM and Chief Digital Officer for our ultrasound business here at GE Healthcare. My role really entails um, getting to lead some brilliant individuals who are building software, AI, and working with our most innovative partners for how we make the patient and provider experience better in the ultrasound space. So thanks for having us on. Sure. Thank you, Joy, and echoing Carly, thanks for having us here. It's wonderful to be in front of everyone and your audience remote as well. I'm Vaishali Kamat. I'm the GM of New Ventures in the Ultrasound Digital Organization, and this is my boss, so no pressure, right? I'm going (laughs) to behave myself, but I joined this team to lead new inorganic partnerships and acquisitions that GE Healthcare would like to engage in, and right now leading the Caption Health integration, very very exciting integration that we are doing. My background is in digital technology for healthcare, and I've come from the point of care and handheld ultrasound organization, which is another exciting space. So very happy to be here. Thrilled to have the conversation. And if you don't mind, can you actually, I'd like to share with our audience, like, how did you get your job or what level of education did you have to go through in order to get to the place that you are now? 
sure. How did I get my job? Not a straight path, but, but so my background is biomedical engineering, which is more or less a degree in problem solving, which is what I've tried to do my whole career and try to master the art of being a bridger. So connecting people who are brilliant and deep in some domain, whether that's engineering or data science or some type of technology and connecting into the why it matters in the world. At some point in that journey, I went back and got an MBA because I was managing a PL before I knew what the P or the L stood for. And so I was trying to complement the technical skill set with some more of the business facing skill set. And the journey to this role, I never could have predicted, but I've had a chance to work across many different roles in healthcare, working with state governments on their health delivery, working in telemedicine in the very early days at Doctor on Demand, some time at Apple Health, thinking about how we bring products to help providers do their jobs better. And then seven years now at GE Healthcare, two years in this role and five years before that, getting to build out our Edison AI business, building out an organization that delivered over 40 AI products out into the market. I see some of my favorite people from that org sitting out here today. And it's a joy for all those experiences to come together to kind of build a toolkit and experience set that allowed me to take this role that I have today. Fantastic. And you? A slightly different journey compared to Carly. I think I've been in product development within healthcare technology sort of for the past 20 some years. I'm a boomerang at GE Healthcare, so I started my career straight out of college uh, at GE Healthcare, learned a lot in the ultrasound organization doing engineering at the time. Um, very good sort of early learning coming out of college. And then I left to go into product development consulting with Cambridge Consultants. And that was very exciting because I was able to do a, a whole bunch of different healthcare technologies, working for a number of different companies, developing everything from you know drug delivery devices to surgical to diagnostics. And that, that's also where I got the chance to not just be an engineer, but also go into sort of the commercial side, being working with customers, working with end users. And really that's what healthcare technology to me is about, is, is that connection with the end user, the end customer, the patient ultimately. And that's kind of where the journey grew. And six years ago now, I think, uh, I came back to G Healthcare in the product management function, which is a really good blend of the technology, the customer and the commercial aspect. And that's what I, I do here. And that's what has brought me to this last role that I have now as well. So one of the topics that we want to talk about today is intrapreneurship. If somebody doesn't know what that is, can one of you please explain? Sure, I can take a shot. Uh, so everybody talks about entrepreneurs quite often, and that's where you know, you've got people with, with their own energy starting out something good. And usually in the startup world, it's small companies established by really passionate founders. Entrepreneurship to me is where larger companies such as GE Healthcare allows that same fostering, that same innovation, the same ideas, which could come from anywhere. It could come from sort of a, a person on the factory floor or, or an engineer in a software team, or even a marketing or a clinical person who, who notices a problem or sees a need and comes up with an idea. And then the fostering of that idea, the ability to bring that forward and turn that into an offering or a product or even, even just a marketing campaign, right? That to me is sort of that entrepreneurship that is fostered and, and very happy to say GE Healthcare kind of does a lot of that. Carly, I don't know if you want to add to uh, That was a great definition. I think I've had a chance to do this a couple times at GE Healthcare. And I think as I was reflecting on what are keys to success to being an entrepreneur, right? Starting something new within a large company or even a smaller size company, but starting something new within a company that does something else, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of thought, 
of three key elements or pieces to the recipe, right? Drive a vision, be trusted, and be humble. So what does that mean? I think if you are trying to do something brand new at a company that's excellent at doing something else, I don't need to be hypothetical, right? GE Healthcare has made devices brilliantly for many, many years. Driving a digital transformation is something we are deeply committed to as a company, but it takes some new. And you have to be able to articulate where you're going, simplify that, and repeat it over and over and over again to align brilliant, talented people around something that may be uncomfortable, foreign, and new, right? So cast that vision and then over-communicate. The be trusted piece, trust when you're starting something new, I think has to be your most important currency, right? If you say something, you do it. You can ask for something a little bigger, do it again, right? Start small, earn the right to do something big. And so I think that is just essential with our customers. When we make a commitment, we have to deliver. But internally in a big company, if you're going to come out and try to drive something new, you've got to earn trust. You've got to earn trust with other folks in product organizations and out, out in our regions as well with our commercial teams. Um, and then the last piece is be humble. Right? There's a reason why companies are excellent and survive and thrive. And if you're trying to change, acknowledge the deep domain and wonderful elements and often domain expertise that got a company where it is and figure out how to partner, supplement that, differentiate within that. And especially in the digital space, it changes so fast, the underlying technology. If you ever think you're an expert, you've fallen behind, right? It just has to be this ridiculously obsessive approach to learning. And so I think the most success I've felt and seen in this kind of entrepreneurship is when the vision is really clear, trust is top of mind, and, and humility is a part of everything you do. I would add sort of the power of the team as well, Carly, to the point sure. you made about the domain expertise. I constantly am amazed by the knowledge and, and viewpoints and perspectives that have come from across the company, not just in the, the technical domain, but you know everything else that is needed to bring a vision to reality and bring it to our customers. And that's one difference between an entrepreneurship exercise and an extrapreneur or entrepreneurship where you get that domain internally, the expertise, the help, the team that you might be able to build is possible within the folds of your company in addition to kind of external partners as well. Well, what you're talking about with the cross-divisional collaboration, can you? that's not an easy thing to do. Can you talk about some of the challenges in, that you've faced in doing that and how you've overcome them? Because we talk about diversity and that is kind of by definition some diversity. So I'll let Either one of you take it. Sure. I mean, I think part of that is why I started with like cast a vision and simplify it and over repeat it, right? Because the only way you're ever going to get diverse, geographically distributed, different mission oriented teams to align is if you know where you're going and you know why, right? And that why piece is just as important, if not more important than the where you're trying to go. Because if people are aligned around the motivation, what it can mean for a customer, what it can mean for your company, I think you can cut through a lot of the friction that just inherently exists at a large company. Even a small company or a medium-sized company, people are people and you have to be able to work with the person 
person, not just the function. And that's why that building trust element is the foundation. If you build trust human to human, you can push through that friction that naturally exists within a large company. I would add impact as well to that to say, you know, the showing the vision is also about showing the impact that each individual person can have to that vision and mission. So it's like, what is talking to different teams from completely diverse backgrounds and, and people who don't functionally belong in your org, it's always that saying, why am I here? What can I bring to the mission and how can I help you be successful? If you're able to communicate that and explain kind of the importance of having each individual's contribution in that vision, I think it, I found that made a, a big difference to getting people motivated and, and participate in your challenging thing. And the space that y'all live in is ultrasound, which we haven't even really talked about. Can we talk, can we talk about some of the technologies within ultrasound for folks that are maybe new to that? Like I will admit I am not an expert in the area. So explain it like I'm five. Oh goodness. <laughs> All right. So ultrasound is a, is a diagnostic imaging modality and it is different from the big other modalities like MR or CTs or x-rays because it is more a real-time modality. Uh, it's very near to the patient. It's done at the bedside and you can actually see for those who know to interpret, interpret it right there, right? The, it is small, it is portable, it is cost-effective, and most important, it's non-radiation, right? And so the, the safety element of that from a, not exposing somebody to unnecessary radiation is huge. And the cost-effective part, because you do get ultrasound in different forms and, and sizes, and so you can have something that is a much more less expensive and a quick, immediate way to diagnose something. So I came from the point of care ultrasound segment, which is, as it says, at the point of care, at the bedside. And that could be in the hospital, it could be in the primary care clinic, it could be outside in the field where you could bring an ultrasound right next to the patient to be able to see and diagnose. We have a family of product called V-Scan and we, we called, named it V-Scan for visual scan. You can see what's inside the body and you can see it immediately. So the, the beauty of that is for doctors, for clinicians, for physicians who are trying to figure out what's, what's wrong with a person, they could quickly put an ultrasound probe on the person, on the patient, and really be able to say, okay, is the heart doing okay? Do they have a collapsed lung? What's happening to the baby? That's where ultrasound is most sort of common for the common person. You experience ultrasound in obstetrics. Uh, somebody having a baby, you go in for your routine scan, and you can see beautiful baby pictures, you can make sure the baby is doing well, right? So that's kind of the different applications where ultrasound gets used. And the scale is quite large. You get really sophisticated cardiovascular systems all the way down to a handheld pocket ultrasound that you can take anywhere with you. So a big gamut really. And Carly, you mentioned early AI. Is How is AI incorporated into ultrasound? Like how is how is in, it? Into So you walk around the floor and it is very easy to see that five years from now, AI will be like software, right? It'll be in every single step of every single product we bring to the market. It needs to be. It's a powerful technology to harness, but it's a technology at the end of the day, right? So let's not talk about the technology. <clears throat> let's, let's focus on the impact it can unleash. And I, I think I'm incredibly excited about what infusing AI can do for the ultrasound experience. I think... We'll be able to get more people involved and drive more impact. When I talk about more people involved, one of the things that's really exciting that Vishali talked about with ultrasound right now is it's moving from something that's just used in the hospital to something that can sit in your pocket and everyone can access. 
It's also moving from something that a trained clinician can only handle to something you and I maybe can start to be able to use with the advent of AI. So with our with our acquisition recently of Caption, this is becoming reality and is reality today with Caption. The Caption technology sits on the ultrasound and guides the user how to collect the right image, right? What's really unique about ultrasound compared to some other imaging pieces is you don't lie on a bed and let a scan happen. The operator skill is essential to get to the right image, and it's hard. You have to know technically how to operate the device, clinically what you're seeing. If it's a pregnant woman, you've got a moving target, you know, and all kinds of different complexities going on. And so can AI help you get to the right image so that you can focus on the patient? That answer is yes. And we want to put scan guidance across all of GE Healthcare ultrasounds so that ultrasound could be something used in every clinical condition by every clinician and non-clinicians to get to that right care pathway for a patient. I mean, that sounds like it would address so many issues, including burnout, right? And also, when I think about people entering into the healthcare space or are new to health IT, it's less that they have to, like, with the use of AI and technology, it's less far that they have to travel in order to get to the end. Sure. Do you have any advice for folks who are just entering the industry or wanting to be experts in the area that you guys live in and work in? Sure. I find healthcare as a fascinating field. There's just so much need, so much opportunity, and so much impact you can have to people's lives. That's why I'm in healthcare. I've spent my entire career in healthcare now. I can't imagine doing anything else. And I think for me, that impact that you can have on another person's life is is kind of the motivating factor, right? So for anybody wanting to enter, so people in college right now or, or in high school thinking about their career options, I would say, you know, think about what it is you want to deliver to this to the world we live in. And if it is sort of that direct impact that you can have on, on another person's life to help save lives, have, help improve lives, I think healthcare is the field for you. In terms of technology, I think that, that science education, the STEM as we, we call it, is going to be the foundation that helps you get there. But then the types of different opportunities you can have within healthcare is not just in tech. It's not you don't have to be a software engineer or I know we are talking about health IT. That is one pathway for sure is the IT, the technology, the data analysis, the AI is absolutely going to be critical for the future. But there are other alternative pathways as well that you can have a play in healthcare. The clinical aspect, obviously, there is the the technician, the, the people who kind of work with the patients, there's nursing, there is, you know, FPAs, there's so many different healthcare sort of uh, professionals who work in this space to make it available to people. And there is a there's a dire need, there is a shortage all over the world. There are underserved pockets in this country as well as around the world. And so I think there's definitely going to be an increasing need for professionals to come into healthcare. I wish I could take that snippet and play it to 18-year-old Carly and just like re-listen to that. That was gold. I, I think, look, I'll, I'll just like some general advice. I think know your why and chase after imposter syndrome. So like know your why. Every job, no matter how much you love it, is going to have things that just aren't fun, are going to have things that are tedious, are going to have bad days. And if you know your why, you can move past that and you tend to find like-minded people who share that belief and embrace imposter syndrome 
Imposter syndrome gets this negative rap. I always want to feel imposter syndrome because it means that I'm in a room or in a conversation or in a role where I'm slightly uncomfortable and I'm learning. And I think that's what is necessary to stay humble, stay hungry, and keep learning. And for the women who are listening, I'll add a third one. Know your value yep. and go create a board of directors to help you stand up for what you deserve and help you navigate some of these decisions because it's there are less charted paths, but there are paths. And there's a lot of women who want to support other women coming into this space. I would, I would say create your path even, sure. right? There's yeah. opportunity and definitely the, the strength in women to create their own path. And so I quote my mother in saying, you know, she, she always said to me, dream big and don't let anyone tell you you can't achieve it. Love it. There's something about imposter syndrome lately that really stuck out with me. And it was a Venn diagram and it said, you know, what you know versus what you don't know, one small circle and a much larger circle. And it said, actually, what you know versus what everybody else knows and also much smaller circles. And it's nobody knows it all and sure. nobody should know it all. And sure. I, that was something that was really helpful for me in thinking yeah. about it is like, of course. And that's part of the reason why we need to work together yeah. and be collaborative right. because you have a completely different skill set and expertise than I do. Yeah. And hopefully we're better together. Yeah. <laughs> and part of the reason why diversity is not nice to have, but essential, right? Because those different bubbles represent different life experiences, different experience sets in the workplace, different upbringings, different countries, whatever it is, that's how you fill that out the most. And so I, I love that visual. It really helped me. With, so we do have a little bit of time and this is a first for Hit Like a Girl podcast. If the audience would like to ask some questions, I believe we have a mic. So if anybody is thinking of what they would like to ask our set of experts here, um, it would be totally Expert. welcome. Carly, you asked, you know, you actually mentioned about, you know, an ultrasound, some of the artifacts like the fetus moving around. Yeah. And um, what's the importance of having kind of that type of an experience as a woman in the design of our products? Yeah, so I, I can get personal for a second. So I actually had a chance early in my career at GE Healthcare to build something called Sono CNS, which is an AI application that helps in the 20-week fetal exam. It sets planes automatically and takes 80% of the clicks out for the, the, the sonographer doing that exam. And it's powerful, and I didn't get it. I now have two kids, and I've gone to that 20-week ultrasound twice, and I've understood the, the anxiety of sitting there and wondering if everything's okay and wanting, to, and wanting the the sonographer to look at me and reassure me and not look at the device. And fortunately for me, I worked with people who knew that intimately. And so I could be the technology person and they could complement it with that clinical and voice of customer. But it's that much more powerful and that much more tied to your why when you really, really, really get that voice of customer. And that's at the end of the day, one of the most powerful things we can do with AI is give I mean, every provider got into healthcare to work with patients, right? So let's give that relationship back and take out some of the, the tedious, painful pieces that have gotten involved. Well, ladies, if people want to follow you, work with you, where would you direct them? I think I have five followers on Twitter, so maybe LinkedIn. LinkedIn <laughs> okay. would be great. And, I, and I'd love to hear from anybody who's looking to get involved in, in, in the healthcare AI space. Wonderful. Yep, LinkedIn for me as well. Okay, we will include that information in the show notes. Thank you so Great. much for your time today. This was a real treat. Thanks, Thank Joy. you for having us. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle Hit Like a Girl Pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you, and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast, or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.